Welcome back to Within Her Beauty Podcast. I, I plead the blood of Jesus over, over you. I love you. Love you. Bye. Hey fam, that was my daughter. You know she had to have her turn. She had some technical difficulties earlier, so she let her brother go first. But there goes her few seconds of fame, you know. Just start them off young. <laughs> um, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come boldly, yet humbly to your throne of grace, Lord, asking to hear what you say, Father. What is the words that you want to be heard today, Lord? I pray that we all have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking, Lord. I bind up any evildoer, any demonic force, Lord, that'll come against this word. I bind them up and I set fire to them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I cast them down, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you increase as I decrease, Father. Protect this word by your holy fire, Lord. And that is in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen. Okay, fam, let's turn to Jeremiah 24. Good and bad figs. After King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon exiled Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, to Babylon, along with the officials of Judah and all the craftsmen and artisans, the Lord gave me this vision. I saw two baskets of figs placed in front of the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. One basket was filled with fresh, ripe figs, while the other was filled with bad figs that were too rotten to eat. Then the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, Figs. Some are very good and some are very bad. Too rotten to eat. Then the Lord gave me this message. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The good figs represent the exiles I sent from Judah to the land of Babylonians. I will watch over and care for them, and I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and uproot them, and not uproot them. I will give them hearts that recognize me as the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me wholeheartedly. But the bad figs, the Lord said, represent King Zedekiah of Judah, the officials, all the people left in Jerusalem, and those who live in in Egypt. I will treat them like bad figs, too rotten to eat. I will make them an object of horror and a symbol of evil to every nation on earth. They will be disgraced and mocked, torn and cursed wherever I scatter them. And I will send war, famine, and disease until they have vanished from the land of Israel, which I gave to them and their ancestors. Okay, fam. Let's go to chapter 26. The Lord wants you to be in repentance. Okay? I know I've been preaching repentance and saying repentance because it is so heavy on his heart. He wants his kids to turn from their wicked ways. I know if you're like, I done repented or I could repent. Listen, plead the blood of Jesus. (laughs) Plead the blood of Jesus. Once you repent it all, you can repent. Start pleading the blood of Jesus, okay? 
This message came to Jeremiah from the Lord early in the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. This is what the Lord says. If I didn't say it, Jeremiah 26. This is the chapter one. Stand in the country yard in front of the temple of the Lord and make an announcement to the people who have come there to worship from all over Judah. Give them this entire message. Include every word. Perhaps they will listen and turn from their evil ways. Then I will change my mind about the disaster I am ready to pour out on them because of their sins. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. If you will not listen to me and obey my word I have given you, and if you will not listen to my servants, the prophets, for I sent them again and again to warn you, but you will not listen to them, then I will destroy this temple as I destroyed Shiloh, and place where the tabernacle was located, and I will make Jerusalem an object of cursing in every nation on earth. The priests, the prophets, and all the people listened to Jeremiah as he spoke in front of the Lord's temple. When Jeremiah had finished his message, saying everything the Lord had told him to say, the priests and the prophets and all the people of the temple mob kill him, they shouted. What right do you have to prophesy in the Lord's name that this temple will be destroyed like Shiloh? What do you mean, Sam, that Jerusalem will be destroyed and left with no inhabitants? And all the people threatened him as he stood in front of the temple. When the official of Judah heard what was happening, they rushed over from the palace, sat down at the new gate of the temple to hold court. The priests and the prophets presented their accusations to the officials and the people. This man should die, they said. You have heard with your own ears what a traitor he is, for he has prophesied against this city. Then Jeremiah spoke to officials and the people in his own defense. The Lord sent me to prophesy against this temple and this city, he said. The Lord gave me every word that I have spoken. But if you stop your sinning and begin to obey the Lord your God, he will change his mind about this disaster that he has announced against you. For I, for you, for me, I am in your hands. Do with me as you think best. But if you kill me, rest assured you will be killing an innocent man. The res- responsibility for such a deed will lie on you, on this city, and on every person living in it. For it is ab- absolutely true that the Lord sent me to speak every word you have heard. Then the officials and the people said to the priests and prophets. This man does not deserve the death sentence, for he has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Then some of the wise old men stood and spoke to all the people assembled there. They said, remember when Micaiah of Moresheth prophesied during the the reign of King Hezekiah of Judah? He told the people of Judah, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will will be reduced to ruins. A thicket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. But did King Hezekiah and the people kill him for saying this? No, they turned from their sins and worshipped the Lord. They begged him for mercy. Then the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had pronounced against them. So when we are about, so we are about to do ourselves great harm. At this time, Uriah, son of Shemaiah, from Kira, Kira, y'all, that's it's another one, that word, was also prophesying for the Lord, and he predicted the same terrible disaster against the city and nations as Jeremiah did. When King Jerokim and the army officer and the officials heard that he was saying that the king sent someone to kill him, 
But Uriah heard about the plan and escaped in fear to Egypt. Okay, fam. That's cute. Um, yeah. Remember we were just talking about how a person that predicts peace, you only would know that the peace will, um, it, it was the correct word once it happens. Fam, I'm here to tell you that the Lord's wrath is coming. I don't know what in form, and I don't know what fashion, but his spirit is being poured out. It says in the last days he will pour his spirit upon all flesh. We've talked about this, fam, and I was trying to figure out exactly what word, because I have books of words. I have words that the Lord has been giving me since last year. And um, I just didn't feel right about the words that I was about to put out next, like this word, instead of this word. And he told me, he said, rest and the word will come to you. So I, I just laid on the couch, listened to some, listened to some music. And I thought he meant like till like tomorrow or something. And then when I sat down, I began to just flip through the Bible on my phone. And what it I went at first I clicked on Acts, and I believe Acts chapter one says the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then I clicked on Acts two and it says the Holy Spirit comes. And I knew the Lord was talking to me. So I was like, okay, Lord, like I done tried to figure out what word you wanted. I want you to tell me. So he said, Go to Jeremiah twenty four. So I went to Jeremiah 24, and he's like, okay, now go to Jeremiah 26. And then I went to 26, and then he said, I, I already had Micaiah chapter 4. I had that one, and we're about to read that also. I already had that one written down from earlier, and I had Jeremiah 24. The only one I didn't have written down was Jeremiah 26. And um, we just went to turn to Micaiah chapter 4 because he does not want his 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 good figs to be tossed out. Because remember when we read, um, he said, remain in me and I remain in you. For if you don't remain in him, basically, your branch will be cut off and you'll be thrown, thrown into the, the um, pot. Listen, we're going to get the verse right. Because I want y'all, I want to have it straight from the throne throne. Okay. John 15. So put your bookmark on John 15. I mean, put your bookmark on Makai 4. Let's go to John 15 real quick. And let's go to let's go to verse Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, oh, I'm sorry, my laptop loud. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. 
When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to the Father. The Lord wants you to stay within him. He wants you to be close to him in these times. This is a time to be Psalms 91. He needs you right by his side. Go back. I'll, I'll um, come in there in a minute. I'm almost done. And as we read Makai 4, we'll see because he does not want his little ones to perish. He do not want that. So let's go to Makai 4. The Lord's future reign. And see, that's the reign from... um. Remember I was telling y'all how he had told me to put rain like that instead of the other rain? Listen, confirmation. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the more import, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There will he will teach us his ways and he will walk in, we will walk in his path. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion, his words will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will will mediate between people and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and the fig trees, for there will be nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. Though the nations around us follow their idols, we will follow the Lord our God forever and ever. Israel returns from exile. In the coming days, says the Lord, I will gather together those who are lame, those who have been in exile, and those who have, whom I have filled with grief. Those who are weak will survive as a remnant. Those who were exiles will become a strong nation. Then I, the Lord, will rule from Jerusalem as their king forever. As for you, Jerusalem, the citadel of God's people, your royal might and power will come back to you again. Let's see what that word means. Hold on, fam, because listen, if I don't know what the word means, I'm quick to tell you I don't know what that word means. Citadel, a fortress, typically a high ground protecting or dominating a city. So when I hear that, I naturally think of, <laughs> y'all love with the naturally, right? How Jesus said, hold on. Matthew 16, verse 18. And I tell you, and I tell that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of he of Hades will not come overcome it. But the NLT version, because listen, when I be using the um, when I be typing in on the internet, and I be going, it be I I don't be looking for the NLT first. This is the NLT version. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I believe that this is the time. Okay, listen. Lord, I don't mean I want you. Okay, he told me to keep reading. 
So citadel means a um, fortress. It means a fortress of God's people. Your royal might and power will come back to you. The kingship will be restored to my precious Jerusalem. But why are you screaming in terror? Have you no king to lead you? Have your wise people all died? Pain has ripped you like a woman in childbirth. Wither and groan like a woman in childbirth. You people of, of Jerusalem, for now you must leave the city to live in the open country. You will soon be sent in exile to the distant Babylonian, but the Lord will rescue you there. He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. Now many nations have gathered against you. Let her be desecrated, they say. Let us see the destruction of Jerusalem. But they do not know the Lord's thoughts or understand his plans. These nations don't know that he is gathering them together to be beaten and trampled like sheaves of grain on a threshing floor. Rise up and crush the nations, O Jerusalem, says the Lord. For I will give you iron horns and bronze hooves so you can trample many nations to pieces. You will present their stolen riches to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord. You will present their stolen riches to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all earth. Listen, that's the wealth of the riches. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. That's that, right? Um, Lord, Lord, I need you. Okay, he wants us to go to Jeremiah 33. Promise of peace and prosperity. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the Lord gave him this second message. This is what the Lord says. The Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. You have torn down the house of the city and even the king's palace to get materials to strengthen the walls against the siege ramps and swords of your enemy. You expected to fight the Babylonians, but the men of this city are already as good as dead. I have determined to destroy them in my terrible anger. I have abandoned them because of all their wickedness. Nevertheless, the time will come when I will heal Jerusalem's wounds and give it prosperity and true peace. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and Israel and rebuild their towns. I will cleanse them of their sins against me and forgive their sins of rebellion. Then this city will bring me joy glory and honor before all the nations of the earth the people of the world will see all the people see all the good i do for my people and they will tremble with awe at the peace and prosperity i provide for them this is what the lord says you have said this is a desolate land where people and animals all disappeared yet in the empty streets of jerusalem and judah's other towns there will be there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and laughter the joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will be heard again, along with the joyous songs people bring in thanksgiving, thanksgiving offerings to the Lord. They will sing, Give thanks to the Lord heavens of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. I will restore the prosperity of this land to what it was in the past, says the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven army says. This land, though it is now desolate and has no people and animals, will once more have pastures where shepherds can lead their flocks. Once again, shepherds will count their flocks in the towns of, of the hill country, the foothills, Judah, Negev, and the land of Benjamin, the vicinity of Jerusalem, and all the towns of Judah. I, the Lord, have spoken. The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things I have promised them. 
in those days and at that time, I will raise a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. The Lord is our righteousness. For this is what the Lord says. David will have a descendant sitting on the throne of Israel forever. And there will always be Levitical priests to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings and sacrifice to me. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. If you can break my covenant with the day and the night so that one does not follow the other, only then will my covenant with my servant David be broken. Only then will he no longer have a descendant to reign on the throne. The same is true for my covenant with Levitical priests who ministers before me. And as the star of the skies cannot be counted and the sand on the seashore cannot be measured, so I will multiply the descendants of my servant David and the Levites who minister before them. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, you notice what the people are saying? The Lord chose Judah and Israel, then abandoned them. They are searing, sneering and saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation. But this is what the Lord says. I will no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day, earth and sky. I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David, my servant, or change the plan that David's descendants will rule it will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. Okay, family. Where where do you want to go? He wants us to go back to Joel chapter 2. Okay, let's start at verse 18. The Lord's promise of restoration. Then the Lord will pity his people and and jealously guard guard the honor of his land. The Lord will reply, look, I am sending you green and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. Okay, fam, hold on. Let me write that down the next. I want to look up the next Bible verse because the new wine, he wants me to talk about the new wine. Okay. Okay. We're going to go to that in a second. Okay. Enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I will drive away these armies from north. I will send them into the parched wastelands. Those in the front will be driven into the Dead Sea and those at the rear into the Mediterranean Sea. The stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, O land. Be glad now and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field, for the wilderness pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more, the autumn rain will come as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floor will again be piled high with grain, and the presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. The the Lord says, I will give back what you lost to the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want and you will praise the Lord your God. What does these miracles, 
who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people, Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. The Lord's promises of his spirit. Then after all doing all these things, I will pour my spirit out upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour my spirit out even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heaven and on the earth, blood and fire, columns and smoke. The sun will be darkened and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arise. But everyone who calls on my name of the Lord, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The, the will be saved for some of Mount Zion and Jerusalem will escape, just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. Family, family, family. God is about to do something big. I know I keep coming to you and I keep saying this because family, this is what's on his heart. Yes, this is what's on his heart. He wants his children to know he is coming. His spirit is coming. In the last days, it will be poured out on all flesh. We always say these things. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. We keep saying these things, but this is the moment of the big feast. This is the big harvest. We are living in that right now. Let's go to the new wine parable. Lori, which one do you want me to go to? Matthew, Mark, or Luke? Let's go to Luke 5. Verse 33. Let's start. One day some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, and so do disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Jesus responded, do wedding guests fast while, the, while celebrating with the groom? Of course not, but someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment, for the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into new into old wineskins, for the new wine will burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruin the skin. The new new wine must be stored in new wineskins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wineskin. This is this the old is just fine, they say. God is doing something new. He is doing something new. Stop going up against this religious thing. Stop looking for God in places you used to look for him for. You have to expand your horizons because he is big. He moves big. Think big. He's doing it big. Stop going back to, well, this is what I was comfortable with last year, last week. No, God is moving. He's getting ready to do something big. He's about to do something big for his children. Okay? 
Let's go to, hold on. I think it's Isaiah 43, fam, but hold on. Yup, yup. Look, she got a Bible verse right off. Okay. Isaiah 43. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't boast in myself. I boast in the goodness of the Lord. Okay. Um, let's go to verse 18. Let me check the time. Oh, we bet. We only have 28 minutes. Okay, guys, you is good. But for, okay. Okay. Let's start at verse one. Let's start at verse one. I know I said, listen. (laughs) But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, don't be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. The Lord is speaking. Hear him when he speaks. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up and the flames will not consume you. The Lord is telling you, I am right here. Trust in me. Let's, let's, listen, listen. Peter. Okay. Okay. Matthew 14, verses 22 to 23, or 33. Jesus walks on water. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home, after sending them home, he went up the hill by himself to pray. Night fell when he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble from from a faraway land. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on water. He is, mm, God is so good. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified and feared and called out, it was a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. That's the Lord talking to you. Do not be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I am in the midst of this. I am right here. I never leave you nor forsake you. Okay? Listen. It says, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? God is big. Do you hear me? He said, why did you doubt me? Peter, you saw I walked on water. You think I was going to let you fall? 
and deep waters, I will be here with you. Do you feel me, family? That's what he's saying right now. Don't be like doubt and Peter in the name of Jesus. Have faith. Have big faith. Have the faith that he said that you could tell a mountain to move and it'll move. You have that kind of faith, family. He is with you in the name of Jesus. He is with his faithful ones in the name of Jesus. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? And then it says, even after he doubted and he began to sink, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Immediately reached out and grabbed him. God is here in the midst. I'm here to tell you, believe it in the name of Jesus. Believe it. So let's go back to Isaiah. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Listen, and Peter's a witness to it. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up by the flames. You will uh, uh, burned up. The flames will not consume you. Let's go back to the Hebrew boys. Did they not? Did King Nebuchadnezzar not say that the fire be set higher? Look what happened? They seen how many men walking through the fire? They got out the fire and they, they didn't even look like they was in the fire. That's what he's talking about. The weapons will form against you, but they shall not prosper. That's what the Lord's saying. Catch it. Believe it. Listen, all day, family, I can sit here and I can read to you Bible verse after Bible verse. I'm telling you, you got to catch it. And you know how you got to catch it? By your faith. You have to believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the things that you cannot see. You got to believe it's the truth, okay? You believe when you go outside that ain't nothing going to fall out the sky. You believe that when you turn on your phone and go on YouTube, the Wi-Fi going to work. You can't see Wi-Fi when you put AirPods on. You believe that the Bluetooth's going to work in the name of Jesus. Do you understand me? When you get in the car, you believe that when you go to the gas station, the gas going to make your car keep going. You believe that. For the Lord, you can't even see Wi Fi, but you believe it's there. Mm -mm -mm. Listen, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom, I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. He said, Many are called, but few are chosen. Many people have tried, but they not going to succeed. But he chose you. He said, They didn't, you, I, you didn't choose me. I chose you. That's what the Lord said. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. He's, listen, listen to what your God say about you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east to west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their guide, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witness, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. He's talking to you. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me. Believe in me and understand that I 
alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been. There never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First, I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreigner God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out my hand. No one can undo what I have done. Listen here, family, because he will open a door that no man can shut. And he will shut a door that can no man open, okay? Once God closed the door, you can't open that door back up. Once God opens a door, can't nobody close that. In the name of Jesus, that's what he's telling you. Walk through the open door. This is a, listen, the Lord's promise of victory. This is what the Lord says. Your redeemer, the holy one of Israel, for your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I threw them beneath the waves and they drowned. They, their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Listen, listen to what he said. He said, but forget all that. The Lord said, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm about to do for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and the owls too for giving them great, giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. But dear family of Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You have Grown tired of me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep or goats for burnt offerings. You have not honored me with sacrifices, though I have not burdened and wearied you with requests for grains, offerings, and frankincense. You have brought me fragrant calamus, or ple- you haven't. You have not brought me fragrant calamus, or pleased me with the fat from sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake. And I will never think of them again. Listen, it's under the blood and we ain't thinking about it no more. Listen, okay, it might have happened an hour ago. He said, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake. And I will never think of them again. Let us review the situation together. Listen, pull up a seat. He said, let us review the situation together. And you can present your case to prove your innocence. From the very beginning, your first ancestors sinned against me. All your leaders broke my law. This is why I have disgraced your priests. I have decreed complete destruction for Jacob and shame for Israel. Listen. Y'all better not play with our father, okay? Because I just want people to really, when God brings out his wrath, where are you going? Where is a good hiding spot? 
turn because once he decrees something, that's set. Unless you return and ask for forgiveness, he just said it. He said it a few ver a few uh by like one of the books. He said, I can't remember which one, but when you go back to reread this, because I know you're taking this back to the Lord, you will be. You can go see back where he said that he will not do all the destruction that he has planned for you if you turn away from your sins. Turn away, fam. And like, listen, if you have, plead the blood of Jesus. Lord. Okay. Two more two more uh scriptures and then we will be done. I know y'all like but girl, we want you to keep talking. I know. Let's go to Matthew 22. The parable of the great feast. Jesus also told the other parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of the king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited but they all refused to come. So he went, so he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been fully prepared. The bulls and fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited are worthy of honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Fred, he asked, how is it that you are here without a, uh, without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. Listen, family, the proper attire to be wearing is the blood of Jesus, okay? The full armor of God, the blood of Jesus. That's what that's what you need. That's your proper attire for when you, the, the feast is ready. I'm here to tell you the feast is ready. The cattle has been fattened. He's here. He he's about to move so big. It's about to be big. It's about to be big, family. You have to have big faith. You have to have big faith. Don't tell anybody what your plans. You and the Lord have big faith with him. Yes, uplift each other, but have big faith. Protect protect your promises. Let, let's go to um Lord, okay. Luke chapter 1. Let's go there. When I tell you you have to protect your baby.
Listen, this is how passionate God be about his promises. All right, let's just start at um, chapter five. When Herod was king of Judah, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Ab- Abijah, and was the wife of, and his wife was his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because of Elizabeth, because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. They were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for for his order was on duty that week. As was the customs of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense were being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. When Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing in the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. When You, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch the wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord, their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure that this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. When the angel said, I am Gabriel, I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you the good news. But now since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent until you until you speak. You you will be silent, unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be p- fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah to come out the sanctuary, wonder why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. First, fam, let me time out. Don't be like doubt in Zechariah. Have big faith. Have big faith. God's going, he, what he says to us is going to sound impossible because with God, all things are possible. Do not put a limit on the Lord, family. Get in order. When Zachariah's week of service in temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. See, she went into seclusion. She was protecting her baby, okay? She was protecting that promise. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away all my disgrace of having no children. He, listen, the Lord is here. He's taking away shame. No more shame, family. No more shame. 
Okay. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. Listen, he called her favored woman. You are favored, okay? The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Do you hear me? We serve the God of the possible. He went down to a virgin and told her she was giving birth to Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of, of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Do you hear me, family? I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit is about to come over you, okay? It's about to come over you, family. You are going to give birth to promises you didn't even know you had. She was a virgin. She didn't do anything to even make her feel like she could be pregnant. You feel like your promises are nowhere to be found. But listen, then I said, but then Jesus pull up. God be pulling up. Once more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill countryside of Judea to the, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And, the, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you hear me? Does his promises not come back void? He, he, his word will not return to him void. Okay? Didn't he say that the baby was going to be full with the spirit before he even came to the earth? Didn't, didn't he say that? His word will not come back void. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greetings, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe what the Lord said. The Lord would do what he said. You are blessed because you will believe that the Lord said what he, said what he would do. Be blessed, family. Believe what he said, that he can do it. Believe it. All right, let's, let's go down to... Let, wait, let's stop. She didn't feel her baby move until six months. Was it six months? I, I want to be correct. Let's go back up. She hasn't felt her baby move in six months. There was no ultrasounds back then. 
there wasn't no OBGYNs because listen, I hear Jesus say go to the OBGYN, so we gonna say it wasn't none. So she had to go strictly off of faith that she was pregnant. She was old, so we don't even know if she still even had menstruation. She had to go off of faith. Do you hear me? Her baby didn't move. Y'all get what I'm saying? Even when it looked like it wasn't, it was. Believe the Lord. It might not look like it, but it is. I hope this makes sense, fam. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard the Lord, what the Lord had done, had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came to the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. Listen, listen, she know. What they say, there is no one in your whole family by that name. Listen, the Lord, when he come, he switched the whole tradition up. Okay, don't put him in a box. He don't care if ain't nobody named John. Yo, you naming this baby John, because I'm doing something new. So they used the gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and, the, and he began praising the Lord. All fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what happened had been spread through the Judean hills. Everyone who had heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will the child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Listen, family. We're going to have a part two because I don't want this to shut off for me. This is definitely going to be a part two. But family, don't be like Doubt and Zachariah. The Lord is doing something big. You are pregnant with a promise from the Lord. Stay in repentance. Stay in repentance. He said, but forget all of that. He's doing something new. Do you not see it? Believe him, fam. Don't put him in the box. It's going to be big. Be on the right side on the good and terrible day of the Lord. Be on the right side. Okay, family? Or is there anything else you need me to say? Because I want to just shut down the prayer and then we can go to part two. Okay, that's it for part one. Let's go to part two. I plead the blood of Jesus over you, family, while you're clicking the play button, okay? I love y'all. See y'all on the next side. (laughs) Bye. Well, see you in a minute. (laughs) Bye.